I don't ever know what to say, but I'm really doing this because I wanted to let you know that today's Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash design recharge. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Another way to support the show is you can um, like the podcast or the, if you're on YouTube, hit like, give me a comment. I will reply. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer, but hopefully not that much longer, but I would love for you to, um, share the podcast. So give it a review. I would love that. That would, that really does help. Another way is to support the channel and get extra content like extra videos or part twos or me giving you something to do like a design challenge that we're doing right now like the beverage uh my collage these are in my plastic but whatever anyway this is the one i'm doing today it's not finished but it's just start i am going to kill i was going to use the pink panther's legs but i will not now um anyway i think it needs to be human legs anyway so we're doing a design challenge I'm at day 17, so, but uh, some people are around day five, so it really is just 30-day challenge, and I um, build websites. That's one of the main ways, design ways that I make money for clients. Um, I do strategy as well, but I build websites with the Elementor plugin. This thing has revolutionized how I do this. Oh, I forgot to tell you about Patreon. Oh my gosh, this is totally going off the rails. This is even a promo. What am I doing? Okay. On Patreon, I even have notes in front of me, people. Huh. Patreon.com slash Diane Gibbs. Diane, it's all lowercase and one N D I A N E G I B B S. Again, my favorite way to build websites is through the Elementor plugin. It actually works with any, it's WordPress based and it's making kind of any theme events invincible. There's a free version and then there's a paid version and the paid version is every year, but it is so meaty and it's really been great for me. Um, I know a lot of people use different things, but if you want to try Elementor, try the free one. And then if you decide you want to buy buy it from here. So it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash D-R Elementor. It looks like Dr. Elementor. So I also use the Divi theme. That is the main theme that I use. They have their own builder. Um, so if you buy that, you can get the Divi builder as well. You might like that one better than Elementor, but for me, I, I don't. I I don't use the Divi Builder. Um, and it's a lifetime. It's a $250 for life. You can put Divi theme on as many. And it's grid-based. So you can totally go crazy. If you are a designer that likes grids, it's for you. And they get a ton of different configurations. But every site is, there's no, I mean, there are templates that if you wanted to do that, there are. But I like to go straight, all strategy, all from what I think they need to be doing. And you can get that at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Diane Loves Divi. Again, my name's still with one in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 301. I'm joined by my friend, Sean Ferguson. He is my friend. I think he's my friend. You're my friend, right? We're totally friends. I think we're, but friends. I totally fangirled on him. I don't know if you guys read the newsletter, but I kind of went on and on about it today because, okay, the, so I went up, so I had interviewed Vaughn, I don't know, a couple years before that. And, um, you know, I just assume nobody remembers me. 
And so then I had never met Sean and Sean, I remember where you were sitting. You were at 11th and Bay. Do you remember? Okay. We're sitting at the end of the table. Yeah. And and Vaughn was right here. And I went up to Vaughn and I said, hi, I'm Diane. And he's like, I know who you are. I'm like, we spent two hours together. Like, I know who you are. Anyway, I just love Vaughn. He's just funny, you know? He's the best. He is. And he's like, oh, this is Sean. And I was, I knew who you were. But I was like, hi, I'm Diane. Nice to meet you. Anyway, I loved your stuff. I would love the people of process. I was an early adopter or whatever. You were the best adopter. (laughs) Anyway, so then, so Sean was busy talking to somebody else. Like he was... And I don't know. He was just busy with somebody else. He just gave me a little bit of his time that day. And then I think this was two years ago. Right. And so we were, it was after the bridge party, I guess. And I never get to eat at the bridge party. And so we were, we, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I guess some people we were do. at that restaurant. We went to that restaurant and you were there and I knew who you were again, but you sat next to me, I think. Yeah, we we were buds, and then we found out we knew Mandy together. I know, and then we've had this. You should have seen his face when I said, "I know Mandy," and he's like, "She's my best friend." She's amazing. And I, I was like, "No way!" And anyway, just so you know, I know you're like, "Oh, what does this have to do with anything?" But Mandy is going to come on. Okay, so Sean is the meat in this illustration sandwich. Okay, we started with Jeremy last week. The meet is today with Sean because we're having strategies, illustrator turned strategist. I'm going to tell you what Sean told me at Creative South. And then next week is Drew Poza. And you talk about illustrator, but he also Mm -hmm. teaches yoga. And I love this. So we're going to talk to Drew and that's the illustration sandwich, which I think is funny because Sean works at a barbecue place. So it's perfect that the meat is in the middle. I'm richly marbled. Richly and flavorful. So flavorful. Yep. And so, and then the next week, I am giving you three days of design history. Are you guys excited? It gives me chills. I have chills on my legs. You know, I'm really short. So this is a tall table for me to kick my leg up. I can't quite, I can't break the board today, but, um, and you get that if you watch two weeks ago. Um, but, and I don't do drugs. I know people are like, what is she on? I did have three diadoctyl. Um, life two Diet Dr. Peppers. I have a partial one over there. Um, Anyway, um, oh yeah, live yoga. We'll have to tell, maybe that's a new uh, income source for for, um, Drew. Anyway, so Mandy is going to be on. Mandy, Sean's best friend, my friend from another conference. She's a professor. She's going to teach us design one, design two, and design three. I'm going to ask you guys to come three days in a row. So you might need to go ahead and plan that out. I think it's the last week of June. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're going to be design history. Won't that be cool? I think, I mean, maybe I only had one class of design history. She teaches three semesters. It, I mean, I have chills. Can you see? You probably can't see, but it gives me, I don't have chills normally. I just have chills talking about design history. So not that this yeah. is Sean's show. This isn't no, me. Her classes. So, is awesome. You'll love it. I've sat in on it a couple times, uh, and it's it's great. So she does a fantastic job. It is. It's going to be good, and you're going to learn stuff. I'm going to learn stuff. She's going to give us a little um, the deep dive really fast one day for each design one, two, and three. Okay. All right. Here we go. So Sean is in Oklahoma. Can you give us a little bit of your background? And I want you guys to notice these are my new glasses. They're not the 
80s glasses I've been having on, but they are no glare. And Sean was like, ooh, I, I need those. I have no glare. But th- I feel a little exposed because I think I can kind of hide behind the glare sometimes and then I can look at the chat or I can do whatever and y'all don't really know where I'm looking. But now, all transparency. No, I'm still They're little there. kid glasses. They're fantastic. They're $17 at Walmart. Not $17 with all the stuff on the lenses, but whatever. A million dollars with that. But you know, like when I'm laying down in bed and I'm trying to read a book, like if I have adult glasses on, they're like this. Like you, you know, they don't, I can't read a book laying down. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? How far back do your... Mine, these are super long, but I mean, mine are like super wide in the middle. Like my bridge is like 18 right here. So it's like I have to go get like super big glasses to even fit my face. When we see each other again, we'll I'm going to try on your glasses and you're yeah. going to take a picture. And then maybe you'll yeah. hold mine up because I don't want you to stretch mine out. Yeah, yours will fit like right right there. And then that's, <laughs> hey, that's They'll be like readers. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> this is why I love Sean. He just makes you feel just normal. And he's really, really good people. Okay. Oh, Patricia says she has a small head. She gets her frames on eBay. And then all the bells and whistles from Kaiser. Ah, well. Is that online? Oh, Kaiser's like, uh, that's what, it's a healthcare program, and they have it in Colorado too. But it's like, you know, some people hate being on that program. But whatever. But Naomi says Kaiser's the best. Maybe it's better in Portland. Okay. Um. All right, so we're going to start with your background. Could you give us your background? Background, 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 background. So what did you study? Where did you go to school? Gotcha. You always live in Oklahoma. The full, the full shebang. shebang. Um, the, the, the too long don't read version of the shebang. Um, I, have, I have lived in Oklahoma most of the time. So I went to college in Oklahoma to a place called University of Central Oklahoma where my friend Mandy teaches. Um, and I got a BFA in graphic design with an emphasis in illustration. And I was super sure I was going to be an illustrator right out of college. And so you had a lot of confidence and he talks about oh, this. I mean, he, so much swagger. Uh, and your I was teacher convinced. said what, what to you? He said, uh, do you have a backup plan? And do you know, like what you're going to do in between jobs? <laughs> and you're like, there won't be. I any was like, no, because I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm amazing, and um, yeah, a lot of bartending, a lot of a uh, <laughs> lot of hustle, a lot of uh, odd jobs, um, which is uh, which is good. He he did me a solid by preparing me for what was what was to come um, when I got out to the East Coast. So I lived in D.C. for a little while, and then I moved back to Oklahoma. Um, and what I told Diane was a series of increasingly random left turns in my career. Um, and, uh, through, through some more left turns, I started to move further and further away from illustration. Um, it was still something I, I did regularly, but I, I had a kind of a come to Jesus talk with myself in 2009, um, realizing that my definition of illustration had had sort of been framed by the illustrators I admired rather than the illustrators I had been exposed to or the working illustrators that I knew, which was zero. And so I thought, you know, you had to be a good, um, 
you had to be a good uh, painter or a digital painter or an airbrush artist. Like we learned a lot of old school stuff. Um, I thought you had to be really good at rendering and realistic drawing and this, that, and the other to kind of be a professional illustrator. And I know a couple of those who are incredible, but that's not me. So uh, I split and, uh, and I decided I was going to focus all in on uh, vector illustration as a, as a tool set to use and to learn and to know. And um, right around that time, I, I think Vaughn put out like a PDF. Did you know him? I did not know him yet. Uh, we were we were unknown to each other. I didn't meet friends Va online. Not even then. I didn't meet Vaughn online until two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. We're talking about about Von Glitchka. Oh yeah, Von Glitchka. Anyway, he's in Portland. Right. He's, uh, yeah, he's like around there, around that area, and uh, uh, and so he had illustrationclass.com, and Vaughn was kind of the well, one one of the more generous illustrators who put tons of content online for everyone for free. But two, he he was kind of had an oddball graphic style that I didn't see a lot of other people doing, and I didn't realize that that could be illustration, so to speak. I thought you had to be like a Tim Jessel or um, you know, a gig poster artist or, you know, a children's book illustrator. Like you had to be like awesome at a very particular style. And so I uh, just focused all in on that. And from there, each job I took, I just learned a new skill set that led to the next job. And, and so it's, you know, went from that to web design, from that to uh, advertising, to animation, to photography, to you know, broadcast, to, virtual reality to barbecue, which is the weirdest turn of all. So, and strategy though, right? Yeah, so that's what you've learned and all of that. A big part of it. Yeah. It, um, it helped, it, it helped as I kind of moved through those different jobs to, um, to start thinking down the road and why things mattered and less about the concept. A lot of graphic designers will understand and even may talk about, um, and they even teach it at UCO you know, your design needs to have a concept behind it. But what I learned was the why, mm. the why of what I was doing meant more than the why, what I was visually doing. And so um, when you start thinking in terms of those solutions down the line, um, why are you placing this media here? Why are you spending this money? Uh, why, why is this an illustration versus um, an animated piece versus a video? Um, how much, how much money do I have to work with determines a lot of the whys sometimes in my budgets. And I think that that helped loosen me up and I got to work under some great creative directors, um, and, and, uh, strategists who really understood how to take a very small budget or a very medium sized budget of like, you know, one or $2 million and really make it work in the community and really make it effective and seep in. And I enjoyed the puzzle part of that. Um, but at the same time in Oklahoma and I'm sure in other markets too, you can't just be a creative director or just be a strategist. You have to still be making things at a certain level if you're going to work for an agency or a studio. So even though I was getting more into strategy as I went and really only now am I getting to a point where strategy is probably the majority of my job. Um, I was still having to make content for digital platforms because social media had just blown up. 
I was still shooting uh, constantly uh, because I couldn't, at first I was terrible at communicating with my photographers and then I had to like learn to do it and then I was doing it because we didn't have enough photographers and uh, so I was still having to make things too. So illustration just ended up being one of those things that I could dust off and use with a little bit of ease comparatively because I was, you know, logos, uh, which I've got some examples I can show, but it became more of a thing that I used often to help me um, kind of win or seal the deal or put a little special sauce, little seasoning on there to wrap it up in the foil and let it kind of marinate um, before I served it. And it's uh, it's become something that I, I, I don't feel attached to in my psyche anymore. It's not my identity, um, which I was a huge load off my shoulders. Um, I felt like because I had never gone full time and been successful at it. Mm. Um, and by successful, I mean like consistently paid bills, you know, and like had a comfortable lifestyle. I was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not an illustrator. Um, but being able to kind of let that go and realize that it's just, it's part of what I do, not who I am has, has been truly, truly huge. So that's kind of, um, the metaphysical me in a nutshell. So, so one of the things I love is that when I uh, saw him at Creative South, which was we did we did not eat, get to eat together this year, which I'm bummed because we had we had a great dinner that night. I kept inviting you. <laughs> you didn't. And you were gone. Oh, were gone <laughs> I I'm busy. I don't get to eat much there. I'm like the only person that loses weight when I move when I go to Columbus. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but. We were in the lobby of the hotel and I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for your episode. And you're like, honestly, you said this, this is, I hope it's okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. But you said, Oh, Diane, I don't know if you want to have me on. And I'm thinking, what did you get arrested? You know, it wouldn't matter to me if you got arrested, um, I did. But, <laughs> but that wasn't it. And he's like, I'm not doing a lot of illustration. And I think that that is, to me, I was like, oh my gosh, that's why I want you even more. Because <laughs> I think I think what, what Design Recharge is about busting out our, what, our preconceived notions of what an illustrator is or what a, a freelancer, which we busted that last week. So to me, when you said that, it was, that was like, you know, it almost felt like shame, like you were ashamed you know, oh. like, oh, I can't. I'm so sorry, Diane. Providing, um, it was, it was, it, it's a little bit of, um, I feel like, I think sometimes I just feel like people would be more, I think because people know who Vaughn is. So, uh, you know, he's, when, when you meet him, he's just so generous with his time and he's so generous with like his knowledge and his insight, but he's like a working illustrative designer. And so he's got tons of stories and, tons of resources and it's almost like it's more of a treat I think um whereas you know I'm smoked bologna which is delicious when you fry it with pickles and onions but um you know it's not something that you want to eat all the time it's kind of like oh what do I have left smoked bologna no way I think that is so wrong like I you need to think of yourself but, uh, as some other kind of meat no smoked bologna is delicious and I will fight you on that Okay, well, I don't know if I've ever even had bologna, but I have really um, when you come to Tulsa, limited palate. I'll hook you up. <laughs> okay, so, but that you really were honest, I thought that meant a lot to me. That you were like, I don't know if it's a good fit, and I was like, even more, I was like, no, no. One, I knew we needed to talk, but two, I was like, 
something, you were doing something else and you seem happy. So it wasn't like, it was like, I don't know if you want to have me. And you're like, I'm, you're looking down on me. <laughs> I don't know if you want to have last, Yeah. You know? And so I was like, no, you know, like, yes, you're an amazing illustrator, but I also think that you are just joyful. To me, you are a joy to be around. You are funny, you're witty, but you're also smart and you really care about your clients. And that's the thing. When we talked last week, you were just like bringing it with the strategy and bringing it with all the things that you oh, no. are doing. What? It's an expectations. Okay, but look, here's what he Let's does. So you said to me, you were like, I do about 80% strategy and about 15% something else and 15% illustration, 5% something else. I don't remember what the 5% was, but you're taking photos and these are beautiful photos. If you guys have seen, I posted these, um, some of them in the, in my stories, trying to use stories more. And I posted, um, one, it was like a beautiful ham, uh, not a hamburger, a barbecue with pickles i mean it looked amazing it looked like a, a, a food photographer but this is what i love that you said hey i'm gonna really learn vector and you dove in and you go like olympic athlete dive and i think you've done the same thing in photography and i think you've done the same thing for your clients with strategy i don't think you kind of half acid ass is an okay word for my mom so okay i'll i will add that unless it's josh's last name when which ash is appropriate so sorry um well yeah um let's yeah i mean it's it's um okay so one of the, one of the last things i want you to say is it was you when you left i guess before you went to dc i don't know the story you felt like a you were really big fish small <laughs> right we yeah, you said yeah, yeah, you yeah. the analogy of like a puddle totally. um yeah so um basically um which why i'm blushing so much uh because a lot of people i meet now uh who are very sweet and wonderful people like you who think that uh i'm a sweet and wonderful person and that's awesome uh so thank you but when i graduated college i thought i was um hot blank in a champagne glass and uh and you're not kidding like that's what you I'm thought not, it's kind of no, like scotty really russell funny. he thought the same thing i thought i was the bomb i thought uh i thought i was probably the best in the class i thought i was definitely gonna go out there and just crush it and i thought that um nobody really had a lot to bring uh to the table and uh it was totally in my attitude it was a, uh, I was definitely the cock of the walk um you know and it was it was an educational humbling experience to go out to the East coast and discover that one, uh, like <laughs> I didn't know nearly as much as I thought I did. And two, there was a million more people just like me who had the exact same skill set I did um, and the same limits I had. And then there was other people who were better than me that had fewer limits. And then there was people that um, could fake it. And then clip art existed and Shutterstock was a thing. Um, so how long it, did it take for you to eat that humble pie? Like how uh, many days or weeks? About four years. <laughs> I, it realistically, I mean, we can all talk about changing overnight, but realistically 
I, you know, when you first get out there, you have that shock of I'm not amazing and to, I want to be amazing. Hmm. Um, but you have to accept that you have to accept that everyone's got something to teach you and you start working on that. And then you start working in a studio. My first job wasn't in a studio. I was the only creative. So it was, it was tougher for me to kind of figure that out. And I'm, you know, I was not the best employee. So that's where Paige is. Paige is the only creative at her um, company. So what are some other things that, that made it harder to be in that? Lonely only. Yeah. That's what I call them. Lonely onlys. Yeah. Like Jason Frost told him he's a lonely only. Amy used to be a lonely only. I'm not sure if Amy's still a lonely only or not, but it's tough. But what did it teach you about you? Like, it, it taught me, uh, I don't want to ramble. It taught me that I have to be careful with uh, how much I assume everyone knows mm. around me. Um, I have to be more articulate. I can't just um, say, well, I, that, that won't work or I can't do that. Or I have to, I have to have a reason. I have to, and I have to be able to break things down and be more patient with people. Like when diplomatic? They, Absolutely. And you have to, you can't know everything. You can't act like you know everything because then you're just an a-hole that no one wants to hang out with. Um, people would rather work with people who are easy to get along with and who uh, are taking the time to understand. And that part is a constant struggle. I mean, I've gotten better at it, but it's it's hard to sometimes describe, as I'm sure everyone on the feed will understand, what you do to somebody who doesn't think in this way they don't think in terms of abstract concepts and then making it into a visual representation that becomes a mark that works across a brand they just see it as a bunch of stuff you put on a page or at the top of a website and to their credit like that's that literally is all it is it's just we attach that meaning to it because that's how our brains are kind of made to work and so it taught me that I had to, I had to kind of, if I wanted to get more done, I'd have to make more allies and be more patient and uh, let people contribute to that brainstorming process, to that conceptual process, um, and learn to take feedback that I didn't want to hear and to like let them win. Um, Did you, uh, were you like that as a kid? No. <laughs> like, like nice or just like a jerk? <laughs> like, no, like when you were playing with your friends, you have a um, sibling, right? Yeah, yeah, I have a younger sibling. No, um, man, when I played with my my friends, I came up with all the games. Like, and they, you, was, they never had an idea, and we're like, I mean, Sean, let's might. try this. Yeah, they might, but like, it wasn't like I definitely had the narrative. Like, I was, I just, I, I could make stuff up, um, yeah. you know, and 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 um, the kids on the street would kind of follow along. I mean, they may come up the the, the like where we were going, but I would definitely like imaginate the narrative of why we were so there. You were, you were leading, you were kind of directing the story no I'm matter what. Shoving them where I wanted them to go, like kind of hurting them like, like uh, cattle. Um, I was a megalomaniac on the, on the street. So that's been big. And I think the biggest thing when you're the lonely only is, is learning to let those other people contribute mm. and, and to also let them, have those wins you know it doesn't do you any good especially as the lonely only to win every creative confrontation Mm. um 
you know, for instance, there's, there are times when you're going to make a logo internally and you're going to love it and it's going to be done and perfect. And somebody wants to add an icon to it that you absolutely just cannot stand. It doesn't do any good to fight them on that because 90% of the people that look at that and 95% of the people that look at that won't even register that that icon doesn't belong there. That's you. That's all you. So learning to let that go uh, was a huge help for me. Was that uh, within those four years or was that? It's, that it's ongoing. Like a ton of growth. It's ongoing. It's um, at all the agencies I worked at. I promise you can find four or five people who will tell you what a dick I am. <laughs> and, um, and a lot of that, it, you know, learning to love the account people. Mm. Um, account people are very difficult for me to work with when they don't put as much effort in as I put in and the great account people I have worked with are incredible. I mean, they, they make the difference between, you know, a $5,000 sale and a $500,000 sale. I mean, a great account person is, is worth more than their weight in gold. Um, and so it's choosing who you're friends with. So Fred just asked, does this also apply to everyday life? I tend to be a bit of a lonely only in my personal life, my yeah. own choice. Do you think this is, this idea still applies in this broader sense? Do you think that you're a lonely only in life? Think, um, you know, to, uh, when I was younger, I was friends with as many people as I could be. And I, I kind of, one of my design professors said something like, you know, I have as many friends as I need. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And now I'm kind of like in that I'm approaching 40 and I'm like, you know, like I have, I love meeting new people, but like those deep intimate relationships, I have all the deep intimate relationships at the moment that I feel like I can even handle. It's not that I want, it's that I can't, I feel like I'm, I'm cheating people out of. You're being met and you're yeah, able to meet other yeah, people. I can only give so much of the me inside to these people and then, and also listen like, and I'm, you know, reminded from time to time um, that I have to be able to give to those people and listen in return and reciprocate that for them. So, um, you know, I think you just have to, you have to learn if you're, if you're kind of that lonely only, I don't know that's a bad thing. I think it just means that you are picking um, your relationships with care, which is a good thing um, in my opinion. So, but I, I would say if you're young and you're, you know, building up your friend circle, I would be, you know, I would be willing to walk away from people that you just absolutely, um, you know, don't see eye to eye with on everything. Yeah, totally walk away. If they're into stuff that you're not into, I don't, I don't know that you necessarily have to walk away from that, but they don't have to be your best, best friend. Right. You don't have to open up and there's things that you test and try and see. I've got professional acquaintances that I can have drinks and chat with at, at a chamber event or something like that, that I couldn't tell you the name of their, their kids, but you know, they can't tell you what I do on the weekends. So, but we, we get along well enough and when they need help, I try and help them because I want them to feel the same way about me. I want them to reciprocate, um, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's a large part of kind of where I'm, we're trying to take our brand right now with the uh, rip crib, the restaurant group I work for, um, is being a, a good neighbor in the community and helping people when they ask so that, you know, when they reach out and we're there for them, that, you know, they remember that we're a member of the community, not just a restaurant. Um, All right. So Patricia has a question. I like to always get to their questions. 
Uh, so she says, what single thing have you, have you learned as a strategist to sell design to non-designers? So Patricia, just so you know, Patricia works at a university mm -hmm. she's in a design uh, house, I get, you know, internal. So she's doing a whole bunch of different, she a has lot. a whole bunch, yeah. I mean, a lot going on. She has a lot going on, a lot of different kind of, mm -hmm. um, you know, customers in a way. So yeah, that's, those projects range far and wide. And then she says, I work at a university and many people think design is just fun and beautiful. And we just create, we use creative brief finally, and that helps. But what other kind of questions or what, what have you learned when you are working with these non-designer people? Uh, I've, I find it helps a tremendous amount to focus on the goal of what they want this to do. Where is this going? What is it going to do if it, if it works? Um, and that can often slice out a lot of the, the kind of back and forth BS of, I like ladybugs. We should put ladybugs in here. Who's, who is, who is this aimed at? What is the goal? Is the goal ladybug conservation? Cool. <laughs> is the goal, you know, selling barbecue? Do ladybugs sell barbecue or do you just like ladybugs? Um, and you can be really diplomatic about that, but focusing on goals allows you to take the emphasis away from their idea as you may not like it or it may not be a home run and it allows you to kind of help point them in a direction of these are the goals that we want to hit together and I'm happy to take your feedback just let's let's point it at this goal rather than kind of what we think it needs to be before we've before we've even delved into um, where we're going. And I also think it needs to be measurable. It can't be some weird lofty goal. Well, I want to travel more or I want to, you, you gotta, know, it you has to, to quantify it. You have yeah, to so it sell more barbecue. Number. How much more barbecue? What, how much more barbecue do we have to sell to you? So, feel like we're making yeah, that. This, this brings up a, a great point. So in, in, in restaurants, we have what we call comp sales, which are comparative sales for the previous year. So when, if you're ever in an agency and you have a restaurant client and they, you ask them what a, um, uh, a KPI, a key performance indicator. I hate hearing that lingo when I walk in now because I've been on both sides of it. But they're like, what are your KPIs? As a restaurant, I have two KPIs. It is I want a comp this year and I want guest counts to go up. So comp means I need to meet or beat last year's sales and guest counts. I just want to go up. They don't have to go up by triple digits. They don't have to go up by high double digits. If they go up 5%, I'm happy. I just have to see a measurable growth that I can then look at and compare back to the previous year. How much money did I spend? And, and in these different channels, how much play did that give me? And I, and it's hard to quantify everything, but then you kind of have to decide how that affected everything. And so for me, that plays into illustration and photography and copywriting and all the content we put out on social media and uh, I put together a slide. I guess I could show that. Yeah, show it. And I'm um, going to drink really fast. Okay. So I will show this slide, but I put together a slide that basically shows share and preview. There we go. Yeah. So I put, so this is an example of, when I was at Staple Gun, I was the creative director eventually. I started as an as a art director, and I worked my way up to creative director, and finally I was in charge of the Rip Crib account. 
and rib crib. Um, and this was back in 2013. And that's where you work now, rib crib. And now I work at rib crib, the client. So the, I, I have made the full journey to client side and it was the best decision I ever made. But some of the content we had on social didn't really have a clear goal. Now this just kind of shows a, a spread of the stuff that I personally did and some of it was to spec for a social media content manager or a community manager had an idea oh let's do something fun with beer pong for these rib crib plastic cups that are popular and they didn't really have a visual or a concept for how to do it but they just said let's illustrate something and we'll do like a, a four or five part series so you know i came up with the ikea style idea um another guy wanted to do a, a roy lichtenstein style you know, girl dreaming about barbecue. And I thought that was kind of a dumb idea, but you know, at the same time as the creative director of the account, specifically broadcast, I can either stay in my lane or I can try and execute his idea to the best I can. And so I tried to execute his idea to the best I could. So I looked up, you know, Roy and I like researched how to do it. And I did up an illustration and then, you know, we comped in a picture of barbecue and I thought it looked completely silly. Did it sell barbecue? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you if that sold more ribs or less. You know, this rib quest video game thing uh, was another thing. We did a series of illustrations through the different genres or years of, you know, video game consoles, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation. Uh, I made a logo out of meat. I ate <laughs> salads that weekend completely. It was the most disgusting thing ever. But, you know, all this stuff led into... Uh, again, the photography aspect of, as I learned to shoot, these pictures here of the slicing of the brisket, that pile of Polish sausage that's already been sliced, that, you know, Southern pulled pork sandwich. These are the posts that got big, big play. These are the things that people really responded to on a barbecue channel. And it, and it was this thing that I constantly fought with the social media team on was, is something clever and funny going to sell more ribs or get more likes and we're trying to sell ribs likes are incidental likes are garbage um and it, it was one of those things where um and actually if you've ever listened to the podcast adlandia if you want to get into strategy adlandia is a great place to jump in and start and the alex and laura the, the women that hosted are geniuses and one of the things that laura said i believe was a uh, it's easy to buy impressions or it's mm. harder to make one. Mm. Um, and so that is a hundred percent true. And so what I learned and what I brought in was this is where I, this slide you're looking at, I had no control over, you know, the complete and total message. I had very little control. I could push, I could fight, I could make my case and I would win a lot of my arguments because I'm a, I'm a big guy and I'm get excited and I'm imposing sometimes. And I think people, you know, feel like, Oh no, I got to get on board. But, um, I just felt very passionately that my favorite client, um, expected results. And, you know, that led me from leaning on this illustration style to fill in gaps into, a photographic thing. And of course, photographing led me more into uh, kind of helped me get even further down the career. Cause once you learn to photograph um, now you can set moods and looks 
and you can sort of mood board and storyboard for clients. And now your ideas can suddenly have weight because I can take a model or an actor or a couple of my friends and I can take my camera and I can go shoot the vision that's in my head. And then I can put it on a deck, a presentation deck, and I can write a story behind it and I can present that to a client so much more easily than when I was in just a pure illustrator and they can see that investment and they can see how their vision might look and they can see how your vision could affect their brand. And it just, it makes it more impactful and that's a little more buy-in, but it's just, you know, what we do is such a visual medium that photography just felt like a natural extension. And so I fought hard to make sure that we had more and more photography. Now that I'm in charge of the brand um, at rib crib and it's my baby, um, I, I push, it's a lot of photography. Um, and I, you know, I, I take a lot of pictures and I'm constantly looking for great talent that I can, you know, contract to take pictures, but it's, I want to give people things that make them want to pay attention to what we're doing. And at the same time, you know, aligns with what we're trying to sell. Um, I think Denny's has a lot of funny stuff on their feed because Denny's is not the best food in the world. You, you don't go to Denny's, Denny's like the, the diner breakfast. Yeah. 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 They have a, a hilarious feed, but you don't go to Denny's because it's the most delicious thing in the world. You go to Denny's because it's late or you're and they're open <laughs> hosted or whatever. And they're open. And so for them, they're just trying to keep your attention. I'm a, I'm a family restaurant. You know, I got to get people to come in to 60 locations and eat my barbecue. And so how do I get you to eat my barbecue? I need to show you my barbecue. Um, and I need you to feel like you look at that and feel a little pang of hunger inside. Mm -hmm. And then when you get there, that barbecue needs to look like the barbecue in the restaurant. So that's part of my job too, is to make sure that, 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 that brand that you're seeing online is the brand you see when you walk in and that the friendliness is there and that the barbecue is real and looks pretty close to how you saw it online. Um, cause I can't retouch, I can't retouch the heck out of it cause then it looks fake. So I have to, I have to work with the executive chef to make sure that this is about as if like I went to the best store we had and they plated it, this is what it can look like then. Okay. But if it's not realistic, then if it's not right. reasonable to assess that, then, you know, we don't do it that way. So what I love is that as a kid, you had the imagination, you had the visual in your head. Now your friends couldn't necessarily have that. And now you understood as a kid and they just blindly went with you. They would give you some little suggestions and it's the same thing now, but now you're painting that picture for these people with all the tools. Cause that was one of the things you told me you were like, Oh, well, illustration is just one of the tools in my tool belt. And I love that. I think, ah, oh, you know, and it, to some people who that is their only, their only tool that, that it becomes, um, I mean, you know, Vaughn is an illustrator and he uses illustration for a lot of his things. And Dave Clayton's here, just so you know. Yay, Dave. I know. He Dave was is also him. one of the best people in the world. I just want to say that. He is. I'm confirmed available for 2020. Oh my gosh, Dave Clayton. I can't He's wait. coming. He's coming. We're going to pitch something, me and him, hopefully. <laughs> okay. Good. So, um, but I love now that you want, this is, this is where your heart is so, I love you. You, you say, um, now I want to paint the picture so these people can see my vision and they can see my baby rib crib because you are on the team. You're not just, and I think that maybe some of us, 
need to get more on the team of our clients at times, or we need to let that client go. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, I mean, I, I have a client I've had to let go because I'm not on board. And it's not, it's not that I don't do the work. I just, I think there would be somebody else that's better that, that will be more passionate for this client. And I just, I, I think it's better for them to have the passion and, and the talent than it is for them to have me. I, I'm not, you know, everybody's not great for everybody. And I think I, that that- I totally agree. And I think that that's why we need more of us than just one person, right? I, I would also say that um, my attitude on in-house versus agency has changed a lot too. And I would say that the more you can put yourself in the shoes of the in-house team who has a lot riding on the success of what you may be doing outside, um, the, the better your pricing is going to be, the better your empathy, your, your solutions are going to be when you are trying to think about what's going to make the best portfolio piece for you, you're doing a disservice to not only your business, but the client. And, and if all you care about is your portfolio, and again, I understand the portfolio gets us work, but I've done a lot of work that isn't in my portfolio that got me to the next step mm -hmm. um, that got me to where I'm at now. And if you were to look at my portfolio, which actually I have a slide of that too, just as an example, it's really eclectic. I don't have a style per se that I feel like is just me exclusively. I am constantly trying to, I hope, find what is the best solution for the client. Sometimes I'm the client, which is great. But sometimes, you know, when I'm freelancing, uh, and I know Jeremy hates that word. But you are freelancing. But I'm freelancing because yeah, I have yeah. a full-time job. Um, when, I, when, I, when I'm freelancing, uh, I'm searching for what does that fit for them and it may not look like anything else I've done so far. And if it doesn't look like anything I've done so far, as long as it solves their problem, I feel like I've done, I've done it right. I've done it for them. Do you go back? I mean, I know you do now because you're probably best friends with the CMO or something, right? Or somebody who's in the sales and they're like, oh, that didn't do anything, Sean. Let's oh, do absolutely. We, we, I mean, every day we're postmortem every day. We've, we've done, I mean, the beautiful part of where I'm at is that me and the operations guys are so tight that we talk back and forth constantly. Hey, you know, I want to try this limited time offer. Um, and I want to put this out in stores. Uh, you know, do you guys think this is feasible? You've guys got history with the brand. Do you think people love this product or am I just like smoking the ganj? And you know, they may, they may push back and think, eh, it's not really a popular product. Or for instance, here's a great one, baked potatoes. I, when I do baked potatoes, as a limited time offer. This is such a dumb nerdy thing. People in Oklahoma go absolutely eight for baked potatoes. It's carbs, butter, ranch, smoked meat, cheese. They go just crazy for it. But what I don't think about as the, as the marketing guy and the brand guy is that that is a realistic, huge hurdle for my operators out in the field because we have smokers we don't have like these huge, you know, convection ovens. So they have to figure out how to juggle and make enough to keep up with demand. Sometimes hundreds and hundreds of potatoes a day, depending on that sale. And it's hard for them. So me being able to understand that point mm. of view, you know, helps me a ton. But then when they see the results, you know, the next week when we look back at the numbers and they see that huge spike and they see how popular it was, we add that to the book for things we, we know will work if a store's having problems or if we want to introduce people to this or we want to like 
refresh the store and then get people to come in and look at it rather than just screaming, Hey, we refreshed it. It's Hey, come in, you know, this one day for a $6 cheeseburger or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you entice them in with something that gives them something, gives them something they want at a great deal. And then as long as you do a great job and everyone's friendly and the food's good and the restrooms are super clean, then they'll come back. You don't have to convince them. You don't have to trick them, which is part of why I feel so great about being out of advertising. Mm. So So it takes some of the trickery out. So I want to get, I want to get to question two. Do it. (laughs) Okay. Cause we have like 10 minutes left. Uh, We'll have to do a part two. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Um, Sean, you told me about uh, your attitude when you left school and that you didn't really know what was involved with being a full-time illustrator. Uh, when did it get hard? Like, so within those four years, you learned a lot, you grew a lot as a person, but when did it get hard that you had to take on bartending or you had to take on a, a job at an agency and you weren't just illustrating? Really that first two or three years out of school. Okay. And then there was a small stint where I was able to kind of uh, do the thing. Um, but it was, it was tough. And I will say that you know, during that time I had a couple of, of solid clients that really like helped me out. I had to do some agency work that I didn't really want to do. Um, right around that time though, the thing that made it easy was, um, this was around 2010, 2011, um, astute graphics just out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I know they're Dave Clayton and they're here live people. It's going to happen. Hey Dave, Um, put the uh, link in the chat, please, sir please put that in the chat. So, so Nick um, from astute graphics reached out to me because I had tweeted something that I had done with their then new vector scribe plugin. And it started a a relationship that I really enjoy and, and, and uh, cherish to this day. But there was a period when, when astute, you know, had me on retainer making stuff and, um, you know, that was the kind of work I wish I could have done more of um, because they were so, they'd give me a problem. They'd ask me to come up with some kind of a visual creative solution and then they just let me run wild. And I loved that. And, and because of the astute work, I was able to pay off my student loans because of astute, I was able to um, get a little bit ahead and because of astute um, and their generosity, like I've met so many incredible artists. It was really my first step up into the big league and it all happened right after I kind of figured out I was never going to be a full-time illustrator. So, so it was like this, this kind of trajectory of, I was, you know, but, um, astute has, has been a huge part of, of, I feel like my personal success, but also just the fact that they mirror all the things, you know, and they have great people and they're very generous and they seek out really talented people that, you know, can be ambassadors for them and they, they kind of live, they walk the walk, they listen to people. And, um, he you says know, your stuff is all over their office. It is. Oh, they are, they are truly incredible and I, I love them and I love what they do. And, and they make it so much easier. If you guys haven't used it and you use illustrator a lot, it's incredibly, um, uh, freeing all the things that were frustrating or took a lot of time in illustrator. It would be like, I'll go to lunch and maybe this will be done. It's like, it just takes, you they know, take it all. Yeah. They take it all and just, they make it easier They make it efficient. 
And so as I kind of discovered that, I guess to bring the point home, as I discovered that illustration was not going to be a full-time option for me, that I did not have the skill necessary to do what Tim Jessel could do, who's one of my heroes, or, you know, uh, Frank Frazetta or N.C. Wyeth or any of these other guys. I couldn't do that um, as I kind of settled into. Yeah. Man, I love him. Right. And I can't do that. And so, and I couldn't find teachers that could teach me how to do that. But as YouTube kind of grew, as, you know, Vaughn's book came out, as Astute built plugins, I was able to definitely with the power of YouTube and just being a lonely only uh, as a freelancer, which is not a bad thing. If you don't have any projects, then you can learn how to do a bunch of stuff. But it's about drive because it's if about you, drive. you have the drive, they made, it easy. They made yeah. it easy for me. And so um, it was a letdown. It was a, it was a letdown, but it was an, it was a nice, easy letdown because it just made me a better, uh, more desirable employee or creative for other people to utilize and have. And, and um, I mean, now when I go to a job, you know, I'm just like, Hey, I, you're going to all have to buy these plugins if you want to keep up with me kind of a thing. Um, but you know, once they see the power of it, but again, that couldn't have happened if, you know, I wasn't open to taking a left turn and not doing the full-time thing. Cause I, I had just had to stop chasing it so much. I had to stop um, trying to be something I didn't think I could be and just focus on what I knew I could do, which was I could, I could pick vector I could learn vector because I had a very graphic basic style um, and, uh, and very eclectic, but couldn't um, I couldn't be a painter. And I'm so glad that I made that choice. So Fred had a question. He said, what do you suggest is a good approach to take when you're coming out of high, right out of high school? Do you, and I'm going to add a little bit. Do you think it was an advantage for you to go to design school and focus on illustration? Um, you know, instead of just being yes, an illustrator, um, only illustration. So this may be a, a slightly controversial opinion, but I will say that if you want to be an illustrator, then go illustrate and be an illustrator. Just illustrate. Don't, you're not going to learn how to do it at school. Um, I can give you half a dozen examples off the top of my head. One yeah. that really comes to mind is my friend, Brandon Land. Um, he, he went to the same school I did. He was a few years behind me. Um, his style didn't even evolve or develop rather until after school because there's a mentality and not the entire collegiate world. I'm not trying to paint. No, I agree. There's a, there's a mentality that if you're not, if you don't have this house style of commercial illustrator and you don't, it doesn't fit a preconceived mold in the instructor's head, Hmm. not every college, but just when it's like that that you can't be successful. And Brandon has done so much stuff for Airbnb. He works for Dropbox. He works for Facebook. He does all sorts of stuff, that thick body, thick legs, tiny heads. Like he helped pioneer that style. That's now all over dribble. And he discovered that on his own with zero input from school. Cause he was already out. Mm-hmm. Like that was him just playing. And if you're going to be an illustrator, especially with the variety and the eclectic nature just do it. Just start doing it. Just buy Von Glitchka's book, buy some astute plugins, get a license for Creative Cloud, and and work. I mean, and the logo font lettering Bible by Leslie Cabarga, and work. 
Go what in. would you tell what would you tell Fred to buy if he was just gonna he already has the creative cloud he has a okay. do he has a mac good. good um so what would you tell him to buy on astute graphics what would uh, you, like a, i would a, i mean gosh i would get start. all right if it was me inkscribe is the pen tool replacement i can't live without it it's absolutely the best i would say um, if you're not going to get that in Vectorscribe, but even then Vectorscribe has a bunch of amazing features that Inkscribe overlaps with in places, but they don't have the, all the same. So that one, um, Subscribe, which is incredible. Um, God, they're all so useful. I mean, well, that's a good start. That's a good start for some, they have some good bundles and, and, um, they do sales pretty frequently, so I would just keep your eyes peeled if you're right out of high school and you don't have a ton of money. Um, wait for it. When you see a sale pop up and just follow them on social, they're really good about Dave. The Dave says, and I probably won't be putting this out until after this, so do not share. Oh, yeah. Wait to buy until June 17th. Yeah, so wait then. Get everything that you can. It's going to be a big, big sale. I was just trying to be oblique about it, but Dave is, Dave's being good. And buy buy says, that stuff. Uh, get the elite package. And Alan wants to know was, can we get a link to the logo lettering book? Can you tell me who it is again? And I'll, yeah, it is an old book called the logo <laughs> font and lettering Bible. I think Von Glishka and I, talk about this all the time Kabarga by Leslie Kabarga it might be the logo font lettering guide or logo font lettering bible it is an older I don't have it here with me it's okay I can find it on Amazon it's, and I'll it's put very it. 90s I'm just gonna throw that out here it is super 90s but the principles inside for building your vectors placing your points in a very precise manner um, some of the kind of typographic techniques all that stuff is still applicable I didn't learn what a compound path was in college. Really? I didn't learn what a compound path was until I read that book. And then I had a conversation with Von Glitchke and he put the two to two together for me. So that's where I feel like as, as educators and I have done my, a little, a very small stint uh, as, as a, um, I don't even remember the word. Um, a, a, a teacher at a college, but not, Adjunct? Adjunct, thank you. As an adjunct, I think we sometimes tend to pick up Adobe Classroom in a book, and that's not, that doesn't help anyone. That's a, this is, if you push this, this will happen book. That's not a theory book. Logo Font and Lettering Bible and Vector Basic Training, those two books, one's by Von Glischka, one's by Leslie Barca. That's all you need to learn the, the basics and the theory behind how vector illustration works. And if you can do that, you can do anything in the design field. Um, I'm not a great typographer, but I, I can, I can do really great illustrated type because I understand how to build stuff. Okay. So, so this is a specific for Fred and I, I know how I answer this, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. You did go to university. So um, yes. what would you say if your parents at this point in your life don't support you not going to uni? Um, this is my last question. We don't care for it, but you can ask. So, so to me, there was so much, so I, he's, he's a sophomore in high school and he's already 
consuming things that professionals are consuming. Oh, they want you to go to college and you're like, yeah, it's not really for me. Don't go. Don't waste the money. Uh, I mean, if your parents are going to pay you to go to school, as in they're going to pay for your education, then go take your basics. And if they're going to gift you that education, then, then take them up on it and study what you want to study. Um, if, but if you've got to pay for it and you don't want to go, don't go. I spent $30,000 on a degree that I paid off finally. Uh, and I knew students that went and spent twice what I did on the same degree. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't want it, don't go get it. You can, you can learn just as much on the job. Um, am I grateful that I got a chance to do it? Sure. I love taking design history. I loved art history. Um, I enjoyed taking illustration classes. I enjoyed um, learning that stuff, but I didn't need 30K. I got a huge deal, but I didn't need that degree. No one's ever asked me for my diploma. No one's ever asked me to produce it. I've interviewed dozens at this point. Um, and dozens and dozens of designers who wanted to work at either the agency I was the CD at or uh, for my company. And I've never asked for a degree. I, I could care less. If you right. can do good work and you're smart and you're nice, I would rather hire you than somebody who has a degree and a bunch of Addy awards. But right. when I ask you, why is this in your portfolio? You, you can't tell me. But so. here's one of the things I think that is really important about university. And I'm just going to say this. I know I'm a university professor. One, I think you meet a lot of people and these people, when they come to class, they're not interviewing with me. They're interviewing with all these other people that are possibly going to have jobs for them at some point. So if you already mm -hmm. are lonely only, this forces you into a community. Yeah. And also if you don't take criticism really well, I, um, it's a good place to learn how to take other people's opinions and move forward. Um, I feel like, you know, we get a lot of those books that say, oh, I didn't just throw out my degree. I didn't learn anything. But I actually think that there's a lot of stuff we learn. Um, maybe in art school is better, but Ringley's, Ringling is very expensive. Yeah. Definitely can't do $30,000 maybe in one year, and but I think you learn a two-year degree. Exactly. You have a two-year degree. I think if you're going to go to college and you want to go, go. If you don't want to go and you want to learn the skills, you can learn the skills almost anywhere else. You made a great point. You are interviewing and you are learning how to interact with other people. You're going to get forced to do group projects, which will suck. You'll hate it. It's the worst thing in the world. And the professors that do it to you hate you. And that's why they make you do it. But you're learning how to deal with other people's, you know, deficiencies. You're learning how to deal with slackers. You're learning how to step up and get a project across the finish line. You're learning how to compromise. You're learning how to, um, you know, group think. So there are social skills you're going to learn at a university. Absolutely. But is it necessary to become a designer? I will, I will never say it is. It's not. Um, no, it's not. But you do learn a lot and you can go for two years, not get a degree and get your basics and move on. I mean, there's just, there's, there's a million ways to get to where you're at. I started as a, as a designer and I, you know, I and, eat barbecue for a living now. And Dave says learning business is really, is just as important. And I agree. Absolutely. I actually, Absolutely. Not, even as a professor, like Fred is 16 and he's already this driven. He probably doesn't need to, but he's going to be practicing and doing and doing and it's just like Jeremy last week, he didn't go to college, but he was in it and he was pushing himself and he was always learning and he didn't let not having a degree hold him back. It well, wasn't. Jeremy's, um, Jeremy's son, we were having this conversation at Clear South. He was asking, should he go to 
university or not, you know, and it's like, I mean, Jeremy, his dad could teach him more than, you know, a lot of programs out there that he needs to, but business classes, that's huge. I agree a hundred percent if you're going to get into business. And that's part of my job now is, is reading a lot more about business and learning a lot about how to sell and learning how to structure and learning where value really lies. Um, because the people I work with now, not necessarily in my company, but brands I partner with, they have interests and I have to make sure my interests and their interests align. Now, how does this be profitable for them and how does this be profitable for me? And I love that you use partner with not work for, but you partner with, and I, I say I'm on your team. I mean, there will be my one client where I go drop my dog off on Wednesdays. Um, but she's my friend, but I mean, we started out as clients, but she's been my client since Katrina, which was 2008, 2005. Sorry. It's a hot minute. Yeah. Um, so it's a long time, but this is somebody who's grown. Her business has grown and I've seen the peaks and, and she really values design and she didn't know anything necessarily about design before, but it's about long-term relationships. And that's the other thing. It's like, for me, who of your friends, so like Sean, who of your friends is the oldest friend that you have that you still do stuff with? Chris Williams. Okay. And how long have you friends, known? Uh, since we were like six or seven. Oh, wow. So he is, he was a design mentor at one point. We were business partners at one point. Um, he is a consultant now. He's got a business called Wolves Not Sheep. And, um, he is one of the smartest, um, business slash advertising kind of guys that I, I know. Um, he's, I mean, I would, I would, I would say he's every bit as, as, as smart as uh, some of these guys I listen to like Chris Doe or Blair ends or, uh, David Baker. I mean, these guys are good at what they do and he's good at what he does and he's, uh, he's finally kind of struck out on his own after letting other people kind of reap the benefits for so long. So, you know, we're constantly doing stuff together, even if it's not paid or even if it's just a side hustle. Um, but I think it's also who oh, you surround yourself with yeah. and that you've had some long relationships with. And I think that, to be honest, that's been one of my superpowers in being a designer because I knew how to be part of a team. I also, as a designer, I didn't have to be out front. Um, I preferred not to do that. My friend Claire and I were talking about, oh, I don't know if I want to do a podcast, not me, her, um, want to do a podcast because if I'm interviewing people, because I don't like to be out front, I'm like, oh, if you're interviewing people, you don't have to be out front. You're asking them all the questions, right? Unless you're crying and doing whatever, showing, even <laughs> breaking the board video and you're on your own. But I think that there's something to be said and I would, I would start really, if I, if I were Fred, I would start really trying to figure out who's going to be that long-term relationship that's going, and, and this for everybody, like Jason Frost home, you know, Taylor, who is your longest relationship? And is this a, is this somebody who's grown in imagination? Is this somebody who's just a support friend? Is this somebody who's really been both? You know, I can think of my friend, Amy is probably my oldest friend that's does business stuff with me and life with me. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I mean, you know, she was, as we, I met her in eighth grade. Yeah. Those, those are, when you have those connections, it can help you a ton because it, it, it I think it helps sharpen you too. And I think it helps expand your skill set. You know, Chris, Chris is always bringing new things to my attention. 
um, that I haven't considered and vice versa. I'm, I'm, I'm a sounding board for him. Um, and it's, it's, uh, sometimes people think that we're kind of a bit of a married couple, which is hilarious, um, with how much we argue because that passion is still there for what we're talking about. We get very excited. We've thrown some pretty, uh, dope Christmas parties over the years. Um, we had night of the living dead before Christmas, which Mandy didn't show up to, but she showed up the next year for Vinopton con as the zombie that got lost on the way to our party. So that was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just, we go, we go overboard together on just about everything and it helps because he's just brutally honest mm-hmm. and, um, you know, anything he says to me, I know it's in love. So when he says, you know, something's not working, I know he means he, he wants to help. But he wants what's best for you. Absolutely. He's going to be your biggest cheerleader when you're succeeding and your biggest cheerleader when you're failing. Yeah. And he will kick me in the face. He will. <laughs> He will. If I get that big head again, he'll, he'll smack me down a couple notches. He's good about it. And I love him for it. All right. Well, Sean, so it's way over. So thank you, but I'm going to share so sorry. people. No. Oh my gosh. All right. So people can follow you and um, they can see some amazing, you take photos like I want to take photos. Okay. Um, you have old sign. It's this, it's kind of like yesteryear. You're using film, right? I have gotten into film lately. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I'm trying to get in touch with those, those roots for how photography started because DSLRs are so easy to point and you just click a button and there's a lot more work. It's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. It's been educational. So, so that you can follow him at inkstatic.com. I'm sorry. Yeah. Inkstatic.com or Instagram.com slash inkstatic. I N K S T A T I C. How do you come up? Is that like fantastic? But um, yeah, back in the day, like around 2006, it started as Inkstasy because it was like ecstasy. Oh, it was like it was just fun. And I was trying to think of like something super clever, and because you're in college, you're like, I gotta be clever and conceptual. And then uh, I couldn't remember what it was, but I couldn't get Inkstasy for something else. I was using like DeviantArt or something, but Inkstatic was available. I I did the wrong stupid I snaggled it up um and that was uh that was it and so I've now that I've had it for so long I feel weird not using it because I'm so attached to like Mm -hmm. in the web like all my redirects and crawls and stuff are there um but one is do I have time to show a quick slide yeah yeah show the last thing I'll do is that a cool birthmark on your hand Right, right there. Yeah. yeah. Do you know my mom didn't know that I had that until like six years ago? <laughs> I was like, for reals, that's that's my birthmark. I have a birthmark. My mom left me in the closet a lot. I was like 32 before she figured out that I had You're it. Just dirty. And I was like, yeah, mom, I washed my hands. It's cool. <laughs> so I just wanted to show. And this is kind of where. I'm going to show some, some art, but this is to me the eclecticness of, of when I say I don't have a, a set style. Um, but I just wanted to run through some of this and, and kind of um, talk about if you're an illustrator and you're in a position where you're not sure if illustration is who you are or if it's just a tool, this is the tool for me. This is, and these are examples of how I lean on that tool mm. all the time. I'm not, 
ever going to be a commercial illustrator or a fine artist. I'm never going to be a painter. I can do it for fun and it's, it's, it is fun, but I'll never be Norman Rockwell. But when I have to make brands or when I have to make logos or when I have to make little doodles, um, I lean heavy on illustration or illustrated type. And I feel like that is a skill that if you can work on perfecting slash mastering, just learning more about Adobe Illustrator, you're going to be able to find work all the time. And whether it's super simple, like my logo in the bottom left, Ink Static, um, or, you know, uh, on the far right, the People Love Process logo that Vaughn and I developed. I love that one. Um, or, fun story, the one above that, which is a Shepherd Fairy logo from 1999 that my very first boss out of college wanted me to retouch, and I did a terrible job, and I always felt bad about it. And then in 2017, he called me back up and asked me if I'd be willing to revisit it. And so I leapt to that um, <laughs> to try and redeem myself but trying to honor what Shepard had did for him originally and just clean it up because, um, you know, this is before Shepard came out with obey and, and the Obama poster for hope and kind of became a household name. So, you know, Eric loved that logo and how could I apply that illustration type skill set to enhancing what had been done? You know, so the, the helmet stayed the same, the record stayed the same. I tried to honor the shapes that Shepard used. And again, trying to re Shepard Shepard's work, for Eric. Um, but that's you know. where design history or, or wanting exactly. to make sure um, that you were, um, again, maintaining brand for um, your client. Absolutely. Instead of having to put your mark on something. And so this is not a logo that would show up in my portfolio because right. I didn't design it. I didn't start it from scratch. It's not my concept, but I was able to use illustration to help a small business owner get to a thing that he wanted. Mm. Um, uh, and then I think that, uh, you know, these, the, some of these other logos were just for fun. That little dragon with a basket was for my friend who had a YouTube channel, um, for a Skyrim video series he was doing for a video game and he wanted a logo and it took me all of an hour and a half on my iPad and it was just fun, but you know, illustrated type mascot illustrations, like these are the things that I enjoy doing that I go to the well on. Mm -hmm. when it's my option. And I just wanted to say to, you know, if you're on the fence or if you don't think you're an illustrator, if you don't think that you are a great illustrator, this all encompasses illustration. The skill set is there. It's how you see things. It's not necessarily how you draw things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that applies over to photography as well. It's how you see things. It's how you frame things. You know, when you're storyboarding, how you storyboard, where you put things, how much negative space you give it. Um, that's all design and illustration skills coming together. So and lighting. Yeah. All of that, all of that matters, the mood. So I just wanted to share that as a, as kind of an intro to when I say eclectic, it, it, to me, it really is. It's kind of all over the board. It's not one or the other. Um, so it's, you know, if you don't have a style, that's okay. Use the tools, use the skill set. get you some plugins. You don't need the plugins, but they make life easy. They make it a lot easier. So much easier. Um, but yeah, that, so that's, uh, that's, that's me. I hope you found this useful. <laughs> Absolutely. I just want to make sure we're giving Dave a little plug there again. Astutegraphics.com and A-S-T-U-I 
graphics.tech. So that's another one. So A-S-T-U-T-E graphics with an S dot com. And maybe try to buy it after June 17th. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Right on there. Just set your calendar. <laughs> you don't want that sale. Um, you'll never buy. If you think of it this way, you will use it. Every every time you do a project, you'll use it. And if you uh, if you think about that investment, it will end up being, you know, pennies on every project it's it'll pay itself off so fast oh that's what amy said worth every penny okay so look we i took a ton of notes but uh (laughs) uh, we got two questions Woo! all right so we definitely i'm gonna say we got what advice would you give your younger self for sure oh um but we've we've kind of done that with i would uh, just say you're not as you're not as uh, smart as you think you are yeah absolutely but i gotta ask don't eat after 8 p.m. <laughs> Gives you bad dreams? No, you just get fat. <laughs> That's I had that young man metabolism, and now I have an old man metabolism. You just don't eat after 8 p.m. You good. <laughs> okay, I, I have to ask you this, because this is, I think, one of the questions that it feels like if I was an illustrator, I'd be like, wait, but I don't want to give this up, you know? So yeah. I want to ask number seven, which was, do you feel fulfilled in your job now? Why? Absolutely. Okay. Um, yes. I, uh, I struggled a lot with, uh, I hate to say depression, but like kind of a lot of negative inner feelings um, when I was trying to be an illustrator all the time, because sometimes it is a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. And now where I'm at, I'm working with an incredible team of people who are super passionate. We all have the same goal, which is to continue to grow Rip Crib as a brand and the other brands under our stewardship as well. But Rip Crib is the first right now and we've, we've got a second, but to continue to grow those brands, to increase comp sales, to get guests in and to continue to provide an incredible experience for people. So having such a clear defined goal and then being able to choose how we attack that goal is the most fulfilling job I have ever had. And again, right now I, I don't do a lot of illustration for rib crib because unless the agency we're working with or the creatives I'm working with can do it at what I feel is an acceptable level that I could do or better than I could do. Um, I don't have time for that. So we're, we're focusing on the things that we know we can execute well and we're trying not to get tied up in um, the minutia because again, the social media content, a lot of it's going to blink and it's gone. And that's what I love when me whatever. and you talk to you are like, ah, we just got to get something up. Cause in a week it's going to be off the table. Mm-hmm. And no one will remember it. Like maybe five designers will have <laughs> made a joke about the typeface or something, but you know, I have a, a great job. They're super charitable. Um, they do a lot in the community and, you know, it's the more successful they are, the more they give back. And I love being a part of a company that does that. Um, so it's been, it's been incredible. It's been a great six months. I can't believe it's only been six months since I got wow. here. Yeah. So, uh, you'll have to pry me out. Um, after a year. <laughs> after like, you know, maybe six or seven years. I don't know. I'm going to stick around for a while before I go back out to the wolves. But I mean, you know, I think touch base and see how, how after a year, after three years, you know, like, I mean, I never would have thought I'd been at the same job for 
15, <laughs> you know, but this is the first job I could totally see sinking it down and retiring every other job. I've been like, and the clock starts now. <laughs> yeah. And this one is, it's incredible. So find yourself some good people. You know, everyone talks about office culture and I want to work in a place with great culture. Culture is not foosball tables. Culture is not video game consoles. Culture is not soda pop in the fridge or, you know, free lunches. Culture is the people you work with. Mm-hmm. And if you have great people you work with, then you have a great culture. And if you have a great culture, you're going to be happier coming to work every day. I don't ever think about calling in sick if I don't have to. Yeah. Um, I couldn't say that about my advertising life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's different. Sick. Yeah. All right. Well, Sean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And next week again, we'll have Drew Poza. He does all the graphics. Oh, wanna... mm-hmm. Pardon? He's a total beast. He's he awesome. For Saddleback Kids, the church, mm-hmm. he does all the graphics for them. So if you want to check him out, I think it's just Drew Poza. Hmm. Well, I think so. I think you have to say it phonetically, right? Like P O C Z A. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds yeah. like Poxa, but it's Poza. Yeah, he said it yesterday, so I know it's Poza. Yeah. But yeah, when you see it, it's he's he's an incredible illustrator. I love I love how funky free his stuff is. I know, and he's he's gonna share with us. He's an open book, and I'm really excited. But he's had a long career of being an illustrator, but he also teaches yoga on the side. And I really love that he has this other side hustle that is not design related, but it really is in a way. You know, it feeds together, just like mm-hmm. barbecue feeds you. Yoga so feeds Tom Tom. Yoga feeds soul. That's right. Namaste. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for having me. Okay. Yes. Thank you, and thank you guys for all coming. And I'm gonna get this edited and up. Uh, it'll probably be like Monday, and Jeremy's will be up on Saturday. I hope. 